This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, recommended outdoor retail partner for the National Trust. You're listening to the National Trust podcast. I'm Joe Dyson, and in my role at the National Trust, I help champion the great outdoors. Today, we are in North Somerset at Tinsfield, a location known for its wonderful Gothic house and flower-filled terraces. However, today we'll be veering off the beaten track and taking a look at Tinsfield from a completely new perspective. Hundreds of thousands of visitors come to Tinsfield every year and looking around, I can really see why. You enter through this beautifully converted farm building, which is now the cafe and visitors centre. And then you emerge into this wonderful garden. But this is just a fraction of what this property has to offer. So to get an idea of what some visitors may be missing out on, I'm catching up with volunteer Andrew Dawes to find out more. Hello, Andrew. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. I've been hearing that you've been a volunteer here for four years now at Tinsfield. What made you choose Tinsfield? Why is Tinsfield special? There's lots and lots to see. Over 250 hectares. Most people walk from home farm to the house, down to the pavilion cafe and back again. People aren't heading out into the wider estate that much. What are people missing out on by not going there? In the woodland area, which is all open access, we have got many, many, many hundreds, actually, of very important uh, specimen trees. As everybody knows, there's a disconnect between nature and, and humanity and getting people to walk through woodland just for the sense of peace and calm. The sights, is, is, the smells, smells the is, is really important. I'd love to know just a little bit more about the trees. Well, what I suggest is follow one of the walks that we have running at Tinsfield, which is the Hannah Moore Walk. You'll go towards the Monkey Puzzle Avenue. That will get you into the woods. Along the way, you'll meet Carol and Paul, who have a wealth of knowledge about trees and everything to do with the estate. Brilliant. You can hear we've only just a few metres away from the cafe, yet already it's really peaceful here. Now we're turning into the Monkey Puzzle Avenue. They are huge. I almost feel like I'm in a mini rainforest. It could be in the middle of nowhere, really. Got a whole field of cows just relaxing, getting rid of a few flies off their coat. Ah, just around the bend, I can see two people. Hi, you must be Carol and Paul. Hi, yes, we are. Great. Andrew told me that I might be able to find you here. Andrew told me this morning that you are the people to tell me more about the trees and why Tinsfield is so special for its tree collection. Which trees should I specifically look out for? Do you have any particular favourites? The Japanese kiyaki. It's quite a rare tree and it's also a champion tree. Oh, what's a champion tree? It's the tallest and the stoutest of its kind in the UK. Um, And Carol, love this monkey puzzle tree. I just love looking up at the sky and you can see the sort of dappled light coming through the leaves and it really makes me want to be at the top in the canopy. Am I I not allowed up there? I'm afraid not. 
These trees are quite old and quite fragile and most of their living tissue is in, within the first sort of few inches of the bark. 400,000 visitors, that's a lot of feet climbing up those trees. These huge great big old trees are breathing through their roots. If we're trampling on the soil all around, we're compacting the soil and then the tree roots can't breathe and lots and lots of trees will die because of this. We would never normally climb a veteran, we try to do as little work as possible on them. But James is here today and James is one of our tree surgeons. He is climbing one today and he has been known before to let members of the rangers and gardeners team go up with him so if you're very very lucky and ask him very nicely he might let you go up. If you see that blue ribbon over there that's obviously part of the Hannah Moore poetry trail so if you keep following the blue ribbons you will get to James's at the end in the big glade. Thank you Carol and Paul that's been great. So the walk now is getting a little bit trickier we've done the sort of flat bit now going uphill oh, duck under that Oh, there's a great kids' play area on my right here. Followed all the blue ribbons. There's two big beech trees and a load of climbing equipment. And that man at the bottom of the tree must be James. Right, let's go and say hi. Hello, James. Hi. You must be James, yes. I could see the climbing equipment and I yeah. thought by process of elimination, you must be James. Yeah. James, I've met um, Carol and Paul this morning and I was so keen to find out more about these really special trees at Tintsfield. Might I be able to climb one with you? If you fancy a climb. Fantastic, a I problem. do. It's been a long time since I've climbed a tree. How, how on earth do we get up there? We kind of cheat to a certain extent, really. We're not going to climb up from branch to branch to branch. We're going to shortcut <laughs> by using a catapult to fire a line up as high as we can get it. So once that's set, we can then climb those ropes and it will take us right up into the top of the crown. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that a catapult would be involved, but that uh, sounds yeah, exciting. It's good fun. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's good fun. OK, what's up first then? The well, catapult? That. Yeah. That'll do us, I reckon. I'm going to use that line to haul up the climbing ropes. Tie them on and haul them up. I was doing this in Papua New Guinea a few months ago and half the village came out to watch and they were fascinated and they called it fishing for trees. That's exactly right. You sort of I spend an awful lot of time untangling fishing line in forests and that's what it feels like sometimes, fishing for trees. <laughs> Could you tell me a bit about about what you do when you're not here at Tinsfield? Yeah, sure. Well, I specialise in filming wildlife in the rainforest canopy, basically. So I, I've spent the last sort of 20 years, 25 years, using these rope techniques to get me up into position to film things like um, bird nests, primates. I've done a lot of filming with orangutans, climbing alongside them. Um, and that's where the tree climbing sort of techniques and skills are used, primarily. Yeah. Right, so that's our main access line in position. That is your clobber there. One foot goes One in there. One foot in here. Good. Right, next thing is a chest harness. So you've got a sit harness and a chest harness and the two being connected now forms a full body harness. Great. So I think you're good. There's a big root system going yeah, on there, there as well, isn't there? A lot of it above the ground, so it makes me think what's happening below the ground if <laughs> that much is happening outside. Yeah, well, that's a very good question. That's one of the things that you go through when you're assessing the, the health of a tree before you climb it. You look at the root system. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, as much as you can see. Yeah, for sure, yeah. 
Talking about root systems, um, Andy Jessen, a great head gardener in Sheffield Park mm. and Garden, he told me that he believes that trees communicate with each other. Yeah, and, and part of that is yeah. through the root system. For sure. It's been, it's been scientifically documented that they communicate through a variety of different mechanisms. I they, mean, I find through, that amazing. It is amazing. They can swap uh, nutrients. Beech trees grow, that grow close to, to, together, obviously they have roots intermeshed. When one tree is, is ailing or needs food or can't photosynthesize or is storm damaged or whatever, they've shown that nutrients will pass from healthy trees into less healthy trees. So they, they live as a community almost? Or very they, much so. They help? Yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, the, 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 the message, the underlying message is that certainly for trees, if not all of us, you're stronger together, basically. Yeah, I was reading up about it and they've termed it the wood wide web. Wood wide web is great, isn't it? <laughs> they are living things. And the higher you go, the more interesting they become. Okay, well, shall we, shall we get up higher and, yeah, and, yeah, let's do it. and nice. see? So the first thing is to put your right foot into the foot loop. Okay, like that? And just slide that up the rope a, a few inches. That's it, good. Now stand down in that foot loop. Good. Lift your foot again and slide that back up the rope another few inches. With one hand there? Yep. Good. And and stand down in the foot loop again. Good. Okay, good. And sit back down. And repeat that process, basically. It's a very strange <laughs> feeling. It is. It takes a bit of getting used to, for sure. Good. Sit back down. There you go. Cool. Yeah. So we just gradually work our way up. Well, you feel sort of weightless, really. It's nice. So as you climb up the, the stem, you'll start to notice stuff like this. Now, yeah. this is obviously where uh, an old branch has, has come off in the past. And are we seeing a bit of decay here, James, at the... Yes and no. This is a very natural process. Beech trees do this a lot. They've got a lot of leaves up there and you notice how dark it is down on the, on the floor yes. below. And you'll notice that in a mature standard beech like this, there's not enough light for other trees to grow below them. So once they get into an environment, they will become the climax woodland ecosystem yeah. because they soak up all the light. Now what's happening here with this branch that's come off is that it's effectively been shaded out by the branches higher up. So oh yeah, that's a big old branch above my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the tree doesn't need it anymore. So it's sort of let it go. Yeah, basically. Dropped a limb. Yeah, because all, all of these leaves are solar panels, aren't they? It's where uh, photosynthesis is occurring. And if a tree's got a branch, which is covered in leaves which aren't getting light, then those leaves aren't producing food for the tree. So it's a sap on resources that might, might as well let it go. Yeah. So it's called shading out, and that's what's happened there. So that might have dropped off maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and what the trees in the process are doing now is healing over that wound um, from here, from the branch collar. I was going to say, it, it looks like the bark's just sort of grown over yeah. the... It's forming a scab. Yeah. OK. Should we keep going? Yep, let's keep going. So how do we get up and round that big, big old branch above my head? Uh, yeah, there's no, you've just got to 
You've just got to make do and try and get through it. Just got to make do. Okay, let's try and make do. (laughs) Few more leaves out the face. I can see where I'm going. Fend off the tree (laughs) and and repeat. Yeah, it can be pretty interactive. Yeah, oh, you've gone gone for a little swing. (laughs) Gone for a swing. It's very calming. It is very calming. Chilling out here. Quite a long way down now, though. How high are we now? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say we're about 35, 40 feet up. Okay. Um, as high as a two, three-storey house. Yep. Yeah, for sure. In many respects, trees are, from an evolutionary point of view, secrets to our success. You know, we still find heights a bit disquieting on one level, but actually yeah. extremely reassuring on others. You know, yeah. a lot of us have our bedrooms on the first floor you know and that goes right back to echoes of when we were um, primates living in a rainforest you get up off of the floor at night you have to it's a survival mechanism you feel security nesting above the ground and i and i think coming back into the trees is is a bit of a return journey it kind of feels a little without sounding too cheesy about it it feels a little bit like coming home on a very very deep level yeah which, i hadn't which thought is about that but of course you yeah. know you're safer off the ground yeah. in a way aren't you totally yeah because for sure you're in that sort of elevated position yeah you know the penthouse suite is always the one that's, <laughs> yeah. that's most expensive it's because you get a view you, want the you know views. yeah you want to be yeah. up there you know so talking of views yeah on we go. Shall we, shall we get to the top? <laughs> I think this might be my new thing, James. Good, nice. Spread getting, the word. Yeah, I'm getting Take really it. into this. Okay, I do. Okay, cool. Round the branch. <laughs> A face full of leaves. <laughs> face full of leaves. <laughs> sort of brushing the hammock now. Wow, that looks very, very comfy. After all this climbing, I'm actually quite looking forward to (laughs) surveying the treetops from this very comfy looking hammock. Lowering myself into a hammock which James has kindly already put at the top of this beech tree. Okay, so... This is amazing up here. <laughs> it's it's, it's incredible. incredible. Now we're at the top, it feels... You feel really free, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly how I'd describe it. Yeah, you just feel free. You feel like... I don't think I'd feel too worried up in the top of a tree, which is surprising considering I was a little bit... I was really excited about climbing up here, but, you know, a little bit nervous because we're quite high. But now I'm up here, I don't feel worried at all, and I love it. So sat here in the hammock, the people below look very small, actually. You must have seen some things... Yeah. going on on the ground below when you've been up in the tree. The, the funny thing about climbing trees is once you're up, very few people look in your direction. They don't people, know you're there. No. They don't know you're here. No. 
exactly. what have you seen? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, one of, <laughs> one, one of the most endearing things was uh, an old couple that were walking through a park beneath, a, a, I think it might have been a lime tree that I was in, because they were holding hands, which I thought, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? And they came straight towards the tree I was in. They didn't see that I was in the tree, and they hugged each other. Then they hugged the tree I was in. Wow. Then they hugged each other again, looked at the tree, and then moved on. So that tree that I was in must have meant something to them. That really must have meant something to them. So, to hug each other, to hug the tree, and then... And then hug each other and then go on. And I thought that was wonderful. And I thought that right there is an indication of our close relationship with trees in Britain. It's not an overt thing. And people get a bit self-conscious about saying, oh, I'm a tree hugger, you know, whatever. It all gets a bit <laughs> hippy-trippy. But actually, I think most people do have a soft spot they for do. trees, you know. It's a really different perspective here, looking out directly into the canopy, into the branches, into the leaves. You know, normally you're at the ground looking up the trunk. So to be within it is really, really very special. So I'm back down on dry land now, out of the tree canopy, standing at the edge of the formal garden here, looking out over the landscape. Getting out and experiencing nature doesn't have to be as epic as climbing high up into a beech tree canopy. It really can be as simple as going on a woodland walk, taking a moment to turn off your phone, hearing the sounds of the leaves crunching beneath your feet, see the light coming through the canopy of the trees and just take it all in. Very few people get to experience trees in the way I've done today. It's been a real privilege. But if you'd like to experience this kind of climbing for yourself, you'll want to make sure you don't miss our next episode coming in two weeks' time, when we'll be at Stourhead sampling their tree climbing experience, which is open to the general public. And if you'd like to learn more about the trees that the National Trust looks after, why not dip into our back catalogue of podcasts and listen to episode 53, A Winter Garden in Wales where Alan Power learns all about the champion trees of Bodnant Garden. You can learn more about all the podcast series produced by the National Trust at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts. If you've enjoyed this episode, do let us know by subscribing, rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, from me, Joe Dyson, goodbye. This episode of the National Trust podcast was made possible by Cotswold Outdoor, recommended outdoor retail partner for the National Trust.